Good morning, Frontline Church. What an awesome privilege and honor to meet with you in your home on this Good Friday morning service. Pastor Ryan and Ronell send their love to you. We miss gathering with the saints, but we continue to pray for each one of you. We welcome all those that have come online um, to watch this morning. We pray that you'll be blessed abundantly, that God will speak to you, that your hearts will be touched. I'm going to speak on the blood covenant this morning, uh, which we have to start at the very beginning to do that. But before I do, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus this morning, and we want to thank you for who you are. We think of this Easter Friday, Without Friday, without Sunday, we would not be where we are today. And so we thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace. We thank you for your love. I pray that the meditations of my heart would be pleasing in your sight and that you would minister to people's hearts in a dynamic way this morning. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So right in the beginning, to understand the blood covenant, we need to start at Genesis 1. In the beginning, God spoke and he created everything. From the spoken word was the earth, the, the sky, the sea, animals. Everything was created by the spoken word. But then God said in Genesis 1 verse 26 and 27, let us make man in our image. The our in that was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want to explain it without being irreverent, like an egg. An egg is just one part, yet it is three. It is the shell, the yolk, and it is the white of the egg. Three very important parts that make up an, an egg. And that's how it is with the triune Godhead is that you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful in Genesis 2, and I'm going to share a lot of scriptures, and so maybe you can just write them down and refer to them later on. But Genesis 2 verse 7 says that he formed us like a potter from the dust of the earth. I want us to think about that for a moment, like a face-to-face -face experience. When we are on the beach and you're creating this beautiful, uh, put water and you start creating and molding something. But that's what God was doing. He was creating you and I in essence and his mind's eye from the beginning of time. And so he molded this man who was lying there without breath. Then it says, and then God breathed into man, and man became a living soul. I think that's a Selah moment, a pause and consider this moment. The creator of the heavens and the earth, bending over his creation to breathe into man, his spirit hovering over this man, and sculptured in the very image of God. I want to encourage you today that you and I both, and all of us, carry a facet of Almighty God. What a privilege. Genesis 2 verse 17 and 18 goes on. We know the story is that they are told not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they disobey, they listen to Satan. And um, from the very beginning of time, man has rebelled against what God has said in essence. But then in Genesis 
chapter uh, 3, verses 8 to 10. God is walking in the cool of the day, and he calls out to his friends. Think about that, that he wanted to create us for fellowship. And so he walks in the cool of the day, and he calls to Adam and Eve, and they've hidden themselves because ultimately they now know that they are naked. And we see in Genesis 3, verse 21, that God then gives them skins to cover their nakedness. The first sacrifice of judgment, the first shedding of blood on the innocent to provide a covering for the guilty takes place. God is a holy God and he cannot fellowship with sin. And so blood becomes a way for the covering of sins, an innocent life for the guilty to be set free. Now, over the, the centuries and, and uh, right up until Jesus, priests would make many sacrifices. It would be on the holiest day of the year, there would be two identical goats that would be brought to the priest. The priest would have this urn, and in the urn would be these two stones. One would have an engraving sacrifice, and the other would be scapegoat. And as the priest would take these stones out to place them on the two goats, the scapegoat would be set free and the guilty one would be the sacrifice. The priest would enter into the holy of holies with the sacrifice, just him alone, going to make covenant and, and bless and ask God to forgive those that have sinned. So it's the priest, the sacrifice into the presence of God. And he makes atonement for the sins of the people. Now I want to fast forward us to Egypt and to the plagues. God's people are in Egypt. We know the story well. They've been slaves there for well over 400 years. And God hears the cries of his people. He sends Moses, his servant, to go to Pharaoh and to tell him, let God's people go. And we know that Pharaoh hardens his heart and the Lord sends many warnings. Imagine rivers turn to blood, lice cover the land, flies, rats, boils on people, darkness covers the land, locusts devour the ground and the, and the crops. And yet every time Pharaoh hardens his heart, and then Moses receives this instruction from the Lord. And this is where I would like to read from, is Exodus 12, verse 21 to 23. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families, and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Verse 8 says, you shall eat the flesh with unleavened bread. And then verse 11 says, you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. So God sends many warnings, signs to Pharaoh to let his people go. But he hardens his heart against God. 
And then God's judgment comes. I want to say, has God not sent us many warnings over the years? Have we perhaps too hardened our hearts towards God? There was a great choking that took place in Egypt at that time. Many false gods were dethroned. This plague would shake the false gods of Egypt and they would not be able to do anything in the face of Almighty God. There's a great shaking taking place even right now around the world with the coronavirus. Many false gods are being dethroned. Those in Hollywood that have been idols are being knocked off their altars. Many that are very wise in their own way or those that trust in money, those gods are being removed from them right now. People who are brilliant and depend on their own wisdom will have to bow to Almighty God. Sportsmen and pop idols have become false gods to many. They are all being dethroned right now. This event of the blood on the lintels would mark the first Passover. The death angel would have to pass over their homes when he saw the blood. Now it would be worthy to note here that obedience was so important. Had they just said, well, we are the children of God and God will protect us, they would have died. And I think today, unless you are hearing something from the throne room of God, and it better be the throne room of God, stay indoors and obey the rules so that you are protected. The blood of the lamb transformed that doorway into a portal, leaving the world of slavery and bondage and entering a new one. Each family would be gathered together alone, partaking of the lamb and being prepared for whatever the next move of God was. They did not know how God was going to orchestrate their departure and it must have looked impossible, maybe even scary. Does that not sound familiar today? We are alone this Easter with our own families. We're not sure what God is up to, but we need to be ready. The, the instruction was that they were to have their shoes on, their belt on, and their um, staff in their hand. And that represents the gospel of the peace of God. The belt would represent the truth of God. And the staff would be the shepherd's staff to keep the flock in the right place. So we are also on shutdown with our loved ones and we need to comply and obey what God is saying. Pastor Ryan and Ronell shared last week with us that we need to be ready and looking upward. That if the Lord takes us to it, he will take us through it. Pastor Ronell shared on the ten virgins and how that we need to have our lamps full of oil and that we need to be ready for when the groom comes. So we see that God brings them through with silver, with gold, and not one was feeble among them. That's in Psalm 103. The word feeble, not lacking physical strength, especially as a result of age or illness. Now let's think about that. There would have been slaves for over 400 years. Many would have been aged. Many would have been frail. And yet something supernatural took place. Many scholars say that two to three million people were the ones that left Egypt that day. But they were protected because of the blood. They were given silver and gold. I want to say to you that the, the riches and the wealth of the unrighteous was laid up for the righteous of God. 
And in the days that we are living, do not be anxious for anything. Place your trust in God, because although we don't know what this looks like, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He will provide. Not one of them left feeble, and I want to say to you that healing belongs to us. As we apply the blood of Jesus, so healing becomes our portion. His presence goes with them. That's the greatest of all the miracles, is that it says in Exodus 13 verse 21, that his presence, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day, led them through the wilderness. I truly believe that something supernatural took place as they ate that Passover lamb that night. Blood sacrifices were always seen as a means of deliverance for individuals, families, tribes, and even nations. The role of the blood ultimately points towards the blood of Christ and its application for our redemption, our justification, and our sanctification. Hebrews 9 verse 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself with spot to God, without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Amen. So let's fast forward to centuries later. Another Passover, another lamb would be slain, a wooden cross covered in blood, another doorway or portal to another realm. This would come through Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, the Son of God, would leave glory to come to earth, to be born of a virgin, to live on this earth as a man, understanding everything that you and I go through all our struggles, all our weaknesses, understanding losses, understanding bereavement, so that he could identify what our mortal feelings are. And then in the last three years of his life, he would execute all that he hears the Father telling him to do. He would tell them how to live their lives, how to be victorious, and so Jesus prepares to have, before he has the Last Supper, in fact, there is a situation that takes place where he is going to be judged. And we think, I just realized this in the last little while, we thought that Pontius Pilate was the one that condemned him to death. But truthfully, Caiaphas, the high priest, would be the one that would make judgment on Jesus. It had to be a priest according to the Old Testament. And so Caiaphas, the high priest, would stand before the people and spur them on to find Jesus guilty. And we know that Barabbas was a renowned criminal, and he could be either set free or he would become the sacrifice. The name Barabbas means Bar, means son, and Abba means of the father. Barabbas' name was son of the father. And Jesus was the son of the father. Two identical, one would be the scapegoat and one would be sacrificed. And Jesus was the one that would go to the cross like a lamb to the slaughter without saying a word in his defense. So on the night that Jesus was about to be betrayed, it was the Jewish Passover and they were about to celebrate and remember the great exodus from Egypt they would forever remember when the death angel passed over their homes and they were set free from slavery. 
Jesus prepares to have the Last Supper with his disciples and he institutes what would then be called the New Covenant. And we read from Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. The Amplified Bible says, This presents my body which is offered as a sacrifice for you. Do this in affectionate remembrance of me. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Jesus used the occasion of the Passover meal to inaugurate the new covenant. The bread now would represent his body broken for us. The cup, his blood shed for the remission of sins. When the Father looks at you and I, he doesn't see our sin. He sees the blood of Jesus. There was no lamb prepared at this Last Supper because the Lamb of God was sitting right before them. There were no bitter herbs because he took all the bitterness of our sins upon himself. He hung on that cross between two criminals. One would mock him. The other would say, surely you are the Son of God. And Jesus responded in the midst of his pain and his suffering and said, Today you will be with me in paradise. I don't know who's watching today and maybe you have never experienced the salvation of Christ. And I want to pray with you right now. I want to offer salvation to you through Jesus Christ. So would you close your eyes, if you have never accepted Jesus, would you close your eyes today as I pray a very simple prayer? The truth is, before I pray, that sinner had no time to climb off the cross, to be baptized, to do good works, to sit and meditate and empty himself of all kinds of things and try and fill himself with a God of some way, just on the confession of, surely you are the Son of God. That man was told that he would be in paradise with Jesus that day. Beloved, to be absent from the body is to be present with God. So would you close your eyes as I pray a simple prayer if you would repeat it after me. Father God, today I acknowledge that I am a sinner, that I am needy of a saviour. I ask for Jesus to come into my life. I acknowledge that Jesus, you are the Son of God. You hung on that cross for me to cover my sin so that when God looks at me, he would not see me as a sinner. I thank you that I can accept salvation today because of the blood of Jesus. And I thank you in Jesus' name. It's that simple, friend, that you've accepted Christ. I encourage you at this time to Find a Bible, go online, get some, listen to our podcasts and uh, some of our platforms like SoundCloud. We have had tremendous messages that have been uh, preached to us over the last year by Pastor Ryan and Pastor Ronell. I encourage us to go back and revisit because that was a time that they were preparing us for a time such as this and we didn't even know that. Stop listening to fake news and listen to the word of God and be encouraged at this time. So on 
the wrapping up of this Good Friday service, I want you to remember that when on the first Passover, the angel of death passed over. As we partake of Passover, no coronavirus, no calamity, no disease, no curse is allowed on you or your loved ones. As you take the cup and the bread, you are applying the blood of Jesus over your home, over your family. Live in a place of preparedness where your belt, your staff and your sandals are on, ready for whatever God is wanting to do. God's presence goes before you. Do not be anxious. He promises never to leave us nor to forsake us. And you have the right to go into the Holy of Holies, the secret place of the Most High. You are a priest and you go in with the sacrifice of Jesus' blood into the very presence of God. And I want to encourage you that during this time, you have the right to do that. My husband and I have been taking the communion elements every day for two months. He hasn't, um, his health has not been great for the last four years, but we have seen tremendous changes taking place as we declare the promises of the communion elements. Jesus' body broken for you and the blood covered for your sin. So as we prepare, and those that gave their lives to the Lord, you now have the right to take communion. And really, if you don't have wine, the communion wine, some grape juice, take water, doesn't matter, take bread. It is symbolic of what Jesus did for us. And so I want to just share on the matzah bread. This would be unleavened bread, similar to what the Israelites used on that night. This matzah bread is pierced, it is striped, and it is burnt. The striping is by his stripes, you are healed. That's Isaiah 53 verse 5. The piercings, his hands, his feet were pierced. With a sword, his side was pierced. And they took a crown of thorns and they placed it on his head in mockery. And they pierced his brow. He was pierced so that we would never have to see the judgment of God. This burning represents that he took all of God's judgment upon, him, upon himself when he carried your sin and my sin. And so today, as we take and we break this bread in remembrance, we are to discern his body by remembering what he has paid for you and for me. And then we are to appropriate that in our lives by confessing and claiming victory, his body broken for you. I want to speak over you today. I want to say cancer has to go. Ankylizing spondylitis, you have no authority in this body in Jesus' name. For those with cervical cancer, those with diabetes, with blood pressure, today in the name of Jesus, as you take this, I encourage you to claim healing because Jesus has paid the price for you. And so take, eat in remembrance of the great price that he paid for you and for me in Jesus' name. When Jesus was hanging on that cross, and he said, Father, 
Why have you forsaken me? The father turned his face away from his son so that he would never turn his face away from you and me. And so as we take off this communion wine this morning, would you remember the great price that Jesus the Messiah, the last sacrifice, for 2,000 years no sacrifices have been made because the temple was torn down, destroyed. And Jesus is the new covenant. I pray that as you take this today, you will receive it and receive healing, redemption, justification, and sanctification in the name of Jesus. Amen. Take and drink. And so now, beloved, as I close off this time with you, I pray that you will be blessed as you spend time with your family over this Passover weekend, this Easter weekend. You would remember with fond remembrance the great price that was paid for you and for me. And you would celebrate the new covenant that is found in Jesus Christ. And I bless you. Would you raise your hands as I speak the blessing over you? May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, to be gracious to you, the Lord to lift up his countenance upon you and to give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.